what's up everybody rtt anniversary yes number 52 one uh, year one year 52 installments uh of the rogue table talks uh we, we never skipped a week i don't think so yeah, i, I think, think that's so. right yeah 52 and we branded that quickly and our obviously our listeners have increased we're uh, mm-hmm. not only nationwide but worldwide wherever you can get the internet chad is where <laughs> you can get <laughs> and you go to your local internet cafe and then you right. get to the rtt right right <laughs> that's exactly right uh so yes uh for one year uh we've been doing the rogue table talks and uh mm-hmm. and uh We've got, uh, this is another, this is a unique edition, uh, edition for that reason. And also because uh, there, you have news yes. uh, to share that uh, you're, uh, you're going to be uh, heading to a different church in South Carolina. And uh, mm-hmm. so why don't you tell us about, uh, why don't you tell us about that church and just the whole process, uh, Yeah, how you, how you, how you find your way there? Yeah. So uh, an email should did go out to all staff. So if you're hearing this here for the first time, then you're hearing it from me, the Mm -hmm. horse's mouth, as they Mm -hmm. say, (laughs) but it's the same in the email basically. Um, So uh, last October I was invited to preach at a church in uh, Lexington, South Carolina, and it was just guest speaking. That was it. Um, Courtney and I met in Columbia, South Carolina, which is about 15 minutes from this church where we went to undergrad and uh, we have a mutual friend on staff at this church. Uh, the church is named Mount Horeb United Methodist Church. And our, our friend, uh, Grace Marie, asked me to come preach just to fill in. And I did. It was a great experience for me. Uh, similar contemporary feel service. Uh, they have two services, but the contemporary one was a similar feel to Calvary. And um, apparently it was a good experience for them. Uh, they were texting and uh, sending emails to their staff and pastors of, hey, can we be interested in this guy? And so uh, I came back and they started to say, hey, you know, would you like to have a conversation about a position that we need filled? And I said, well, I'm not looking to leave anything, but, you know, we can have a conversation. And Mike and listeners, I, I for the longest time, I was like, Court, I don't think we're going to move the family to South Carolina. Like, that's a pretty long move. And mm-hmm. we've been here 10, 10 plus years. For those of you that don't know, I started as an intern, a youth intern uh, in 03, a worship intern. Yes. <laughs> Remember uh, well, self-taught guitar, hmm. um, and uh, but when you're playing that in that day's worship music, G C D E minor, you know, you hmm. could get by. I probably Four couldn't chords. get by. Yeah, yeah, couldn't get by today. Um, and then um, you know, did that, did some college ministry, adult ministry, and left in 07 and came back in 2010. So we've been here for over 10 years, and uh, it, it, you know, Mike, some choices that you make, um, they're initially really obvious. Um, you feel just a lot of clarity around them, not a lot of wrestling and deliberation. This was not like that because of our history here, because of our friends, because of the staff and people like you and Jacob and other people that I'm close with. Um, it was a lot of, a lot of late night conversations, a lot of middle of the night conversations, um, two in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. Um, okay, what's going on and what are we going to do? So it was a slow incremental process, um, to make this choice and to, 
to choose the kind of the next chapter mm-hmm. and go do ministry um, there. So. So yeah, you'll be uh, you'll be on the executive team there. You'll preach uh, a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. twenty five times a year, I'll preach. I'll be on the executive team. I'll oversee um, a couple of staff members that do their spiritual formation and discipleship. So they have mm-hmm. small groups in Sunday school, and so yeah. I'll oversee them. Um, I'll help do some staff development. Um, kind of bring some of my experience with. Um, kind of emotional health and spiritual health, um, bring that to the table. And, uh, they're not, they're one campus right now. Mm -hmm. I think in the future they are looking at expanding to multi-site and not that I'm an expert in that. Uh, but I think they, they did find it a strength that I have been on staff at Calvary, which is Mm -hmm. a multi-site church. Yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, I think it sounds like a a good thing for the kingdom and, uh, you know, you're going to, uh, be, uh, you know, be able to preach more, which I think is uh, certainly a gifting uh, of yours. And uh, so, I've, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you and your family and what, and, and you know, I'm just sad for, uh, you know, well, I, I think that uh, in this, you know, in this time of uh, all these virtual connections that, uh, you know, maybe it's more uh, in line that, uh, you know, we can, you know, it's more realistic to stay connected with somebody to, you know, schedule a, yeah. Uh, whatever schedule a, a Skype or a zoom or something. Um, uh, and so that's some, you know, that's, and I don't know as far as uh, this going forward, I mean, as far as I can concerned, uh, we're doing this remotely right now. So exactly, uh, I don't know yeah. about going forward. Uh, wouldn't mind to explore that possibility as well. And we'll obviously the next couple of weeks we'll be, we'll be still doing it, but yeah, I would love to. Yeah. And, yeah. and like you said, you know, I think for me and even for the family, there's, there's a lot of things we took into consideration where our kids are in stage of life. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the fa- you know, since it wasn't an obvious choice, what was the family sense around it? Mm-hmm. For me and the kids and, and I think since the choice has been made and we've started to have conversations, it's, it's really hard, Mike, you feel, I feel the loss. I'm, I'm, I know I won't always feel this, mm-hmm. um, but I'm definitely feeling the loss of grieving, the loss of the friendships, mm-hmm. um, even though, like you said, we can still connect, um, but the physical presence and the daily interactions and uh, yeah, feeling the weight of that for sure. So it's not only excitement and, hey, that's a that's a great opportunity. It, it is that, but it's also uh, for sure a lot of, oh, well, i won't be around to watch those kids grow up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they yeah. won't get to see my kids yeah. you know, grow up. And that's right. sad. That's for yeah. sure sad. Yeah. There's no sense. I mean, there's no question about it that something can be uh, something that's redeemed or something that God's moving in and still be sad and still, you know, cause us to grieve and still have loss. And so I think this, this is one of those things I do. One of the things that I've, I guess, learned, uh, it, you know, that, you don't know it. It's easy to assume, you know, that we ha- I have this friend or I have this family member and things will always sort of be like this. So I can sort of count on that when you don't know that. Um, and, you know, so sort of, I don't know, maximize that friendship now, uh, you know, maximize the relationships now because you just don't know, you right. don't know what will happen. Uh, life uh, does surprise us, uh, you know, and so that's, you know, that's the takeaway of, you know, I just 
we uh, you know we took that uh, that Tolkien class together, and uh, yeah. uh, you know, and then we would go uh, to Granite City uh, GCB Granite that restaurant uh, off of I guess Olive there. Yeah. Um, afterward, and uh, I mean that's just that's the sort of thing where if you get an opportunity to do that, I'm so glad we did because you know you cherish it, right? Yeah, that was a highlight for sure. There are a few seasons. There's individual you know memories, but there are a few seasons of like, oh, that was a great season when yeah. Mike and I took Tolkien and would hang out and talk afterwards. And yeah, right. that's right, going to yeah. Africa together and. So yeah, I mean, I saw getting uh, you know, poked in the head when I was sick. Getting poked in the head <laughs> by a little kid on a plane. When you're sick. I think that was the last one. I said, okay, I I don't think I can go again. My yeah. <laughs> that yeah. trip kind of right. did me. I've, yeah, you've reached your limit. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, and that's you know like you know on this topic of wilderness, it's just one of the wildernesses that we're in is these transitions of life. Obviously, the pandemic is this big you know, it's a unique transition. We don't really know how exactly how it's going to play out, how long it's going to last and all that stuff. But, um, you know, there are other wildernesses where, um, you lose someone or someone moves away or you have to move away or something, something about a season of life changes. Uh, and I think it's just good to maybe just kind of pause and sort of grieve it and then also appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, at the same time to look back and say, yeah, no, that was good. That doesn't always happen. So, uh, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I think one of the things that, um, a transition like this does is it really brings into sharp focus, the things that you potentially have taken for granted, you know, the relationships that you're around that you, you do have, you go and you hang out. Um, but you probably don't say the things that you would say if you mm-hmm. knew you weren't gonna be able to say them. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so right. it brings that into sharp focus. It brings the gratitude. Um, so the loss, but it also brings the gratitude of, man, there's been so many good things and so many good ministry experiences. And I've received a lot of texts and emails from congregation members of just saying, thanks, thanks mm-hmm. for serving and thanks for having an impact on me. And um, so, yeah, it brings those into sharp focus. For me, it also brings, you know, my own inadequacies transitioning into a new job that I haven't done before um, yeah. brings up, Oh, will I be able to do it? There's new relationships. What will they, all these sorts of like middle school insecurities of like, what are they going to think about me? And yeah. right. you're leaving your, it's like, you know, I'm not saying I'm not likening the call to that of Abraham, but I am saying that he had to leave his homeland and his family and like, okay, you got to go that just feels like wilderness. You got to go like mm-hmm. whatever that is, is what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I mean, it's obviously it's good to sort of look at that and name it and say, yep, that's a thing uh, that the sense of it was com. I mean, I'd, you reached a comfort, you know, whatever you, you go through areas of learning and, you know, am I going to figure this out? And then you figure it out and then it gets kind of comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is obviously by definition uncomfortable, but, as we've been saying, you know, I don't think comfortable usually works that well in the long run for us uh, yeah. spiritually that we kind of need uncomfortable. Uh, and so, yeah, it's uncomfortable for here as we'll figure out how to, you know, reshuffle things. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's God's church and he, you know, it's his ministry. We are his. Um, it's, uh, it's funny when you, 
when you serve in, in, in a church, there's a sense of responsibility for the mission and for the people. And, and, and you kind of then it's the same sort of idea where you kind of feel like you, okay, I need to kind of get my handles around this and feel like I'm, you know, satisfying this responsibility well. Uh, and then you kind of get comfortable and then everything changes and you kind of, and I think that's the, I mean, faithfulness is one thing kind of being responsible for the outcome of the mission is not quite the same thing. Right. And there's some tension there between I want to be faithful and yet God holds on to, to the, to the outcomes. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great tension point is responsibility, agency, and faithfulness. And then, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like you said it, like I'm not responsible for the outcome. This is a passage probably because of my transition one that I've been reading, uh, talking about the tension of responsibility and yet not responsible for the outcome. And I've been reading first Corinthians, uh, first Corinthians three, uh, says when one says I'm of Paul and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not mere mortals? What's Apollos and what's Paul? They're just ministers or servants through whom you believed. And it says, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So he that plants isn't anything, he that waters isn't anything, but it's God who gives the growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like you said, it's God's church. So we get to play a part and we get to water and plant, but we don't get to cause growth. And so there's a agency and responsibility. And yet God's going to do it um, in and through me or without me. Yeah, that's right. That's, I mean, that's a good point that if I, if I am not faithful and don't do whatever my part is, he will find someone else to do it. Uh, his work will go forward. We'll just be left out of it. Uh, but yeah, he's the one who causes the fruit to come and, and, and to grow. And, you know, the funny thing is, uh, as with so many things, um, he will choose to do that differently than I would choose to do that. And so, right. Yeah. It seems like things are, point. right. Things are going yeah. amiss when, uh, you know, he's just chosen a different path. Uh, and of course we only see our little part of it. You know, I only see my little row of the garden where, um, you know, he's looking at him to get a much wider view of, of his work and his church and his mission and what he's doing. Well, you know, what's interesting is I took this class on Axe and Paul from Dr. Uh, Hans Beyer. He, he oversaw my thesis and he was one of my favorite guys at Covenant. And he was arguing that we often get a rosy picture of the book of Acts and the early church and even the letters that, you know, they, they were filled with the power of the spirit. So therefore they were just victorious and they had strong leadership and they just went forward and people were converting all the time. And he was like, you're not really listening to the book of Acts if that's how you see it. He said, there are problems around each corner. There are leadership struggles, leadership challenges. There are church government challenges. There are church division challenges. There are sin challenges. He said, the, the amazing thing is you get to the end of the book of Acts and you see that it's the gospel that still flourishes, that mm -hmm. Paul's in chains and it's the gospel that still flourishes. So Acts is not about of people who are are not fraught with weaknesses and burdens and sins and struggles. It's about the strength and power of the gospel working in, and sometimes in spite of me mm -hmm. and, and everything and all of us in the church. Yeah. Right. I think that's right. I think, yeah, because we, 
we see the growth of the church and it seems, um, you know, miraculous in a sense. It is miraculous. It's God moving. Uh, we think, well, therefore it must've been pleasant and nobody ever had any conflict and, you know, the things didn't go wrong, which, you know, obviously wasn't the case. Um, and I think obviously that's how we often judge things. We judge things by how they feel in the moment. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And, that's we don't get to see it, you know, we don't, what is it when, um, uh, in the spirit of Tolkien, when Gandalf's talking to Frodo and Frodo is arguing that Bilbo should have killed Gollum mm-hmm. because he's causing so much problems. And Gandalf basically says, even the wise can't see all ends. Right. And God may have given us spiritual wisdom, but that doesn't mean we understand how each thread of the story fits together and how it's going to come to a, uh, and then so right that you know at the end of the day Gollum might m- might be needed to play a part we can't foresee which is of course what happens right without Gollum the ring doesn't get destroyed I just think that's the best that <laughs> if I can geek out over that ending Frodo can't even destroy the right. ring at that time right and so nobody gets the credit for defeating evil but Gollum right right, right. right. yeah oh yeah, Spoiler God, alert, if you have not finished the story, <laughs> you're late anyways. Right. And God redeems, you know, God doesn't make Gollum good, but right. he takes Gollum's blind desire for the ring and redeems it and destroys evil in the process, even though that wasn't what Gollum was hoping for. And so that's, nobody could have, I mean, that's the whole, that's the, that's the point. Nobody can, could have foreseen how, providence worked that out right uh and that's kind of it's where we are it's 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 easy in the wilderness sometimes to say well yeah we that's right that's true but it's always true in a sense where it's not it feels more true in the wilderness or we might notice it more in the wilderness but it's always the case is we don't really know what god's doing yeah we don't know how he's going to bring the growth uh you know, it's it's enough for us to know what faithfulness should look like in this moment and be trying to be enabled by him to be faithful. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's right now. It's uh, it's obviously sort of new news. And so just kind of processing that. Um, I don't know if I have a ton more ground to cover with that. And it feels like, you know, it's not, let's not dive into another topic <laughs> well let me let me let me throw two things at you i know theologically i've got some questions about united Methodists. really oh <laughs> like, yeah. what is yeah. that what are you right. doing right. and uh because uh their denomination has become very progressive and uh one of their core denominational values which will likely cause a denominational split is the um views on sexuality and marriage and ordaining certain people. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with Calvary's uh, statement about uh, fidelity, um, sexual fidelity between a man and a woman is God's design. And uh, so this church, one of the first things they started to ask me was, what do I believe about those things? Mm-hmm. And it was very dear to them because uh, they are they are in agreement. They're conservative mm-hmm. in that viewpoint, and they asked me about my view of scripture. Do I have a high view of scripture? And 
um, it seemed like on those major things, we really lined up um, in that. And so uh, mm-hmm. that was that was a question I, I got like, really? <laughs> yeah, I think it's different. I mean, especially if people have been around church for a while and you think you know whatever you think you know, uh, denominational labels don't necessarily mean very much, especially the older ones, uh, you know, because there are very conservative United Methodist churches and they're very liberal United Methodist churches. And some United Methodist churches are more like, you know, United Church of Christ and some are more like, you know, Calvary. So that's a pretty wide gulf. Um, so you really have to find out on each, on a church by church basis. Right. Uh, especially with them because they're in the middle of this, uh, you know, this, this sort of theological, uh, tussle. And really, I do think that's, it's, it's about the issue of sexuality and marriage, but it's really about the issue of scripture. I think that, um, you know, what are you doing with what scripture says about those things? Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that's it, to, to kind of link it back to the conversation we were just having that, you know, God works in ways that we don't always would have foreseen or understand or even can completely explain. Uh, but he is good and all that he does is good and the ways that he does them are good. Uh, and if we believe that and we believe scripture, then we don't always have to understand why, why couldn't they eat from that tree in the garden? Well, we don't necessarily know all of that. Um, but we do know that he's telling us the truth and he is good. Uh, and you know, I have, I could, I could do, as you know, probably multiple podcasts on that, on that subject. Uh, Mm -hmm. but I think at the end of the day is, can I trust, can I trust God for what is good? And can I grasp onto the fact that I probably won't, I probably can't be trusted for what is good for me. Hmm. Uh, That's why we need scripture. That's why we need the spirit because we, on our own, we will not find, we can't follow our nose, follow our heart, you know, follow our dreams. That doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) It really doesn't. Yeah. Basically, you know, let's, uh, I'm going to bring in Harry Potter here. We might just have Mm -hmm. a fantasy uh, book or story conversation, but uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but it is at the end of the first story, the Sorcerer's Stone, when the, and and Harry is talking to Dumbledore and it's this stone that gives you basically eternal life and wealth and Mm -hmm. health and all that stuff. And Dumbledore says, I'm not really sure that something like that is, is good for people anyways. He said, you know, people, we have a a knack for choosing precisely what's bad for us. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's, uh, you know, uh, Rowling's uh, had, had a Episcopalian background, maybe Um, not, Yes, that's right. Church of England. Yeah, I think that's Church right. England. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a bit of her, maybe her saying like, yeah, people do struggle with sin to make, we, we don't always know what's the best thing for me. So like you said, trusting the authority of scripture and trusting God through the authority of scripture and his providence to work in and through. So um, that healthy skepticism of my, our own, you know, self in the sense of I should, I should lean on God's understanding that is, is deeper and wider than mine. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's right. I think that we, uh, have, you know, we have our expectations of how things will work out and it's often in the thwarting of those expectations, whether it's a global pandemic or whether it's, uh, you know, a friend being called to a different place. Um, 
often then that's when something unexpected happens and God moves. So, um, you know what I've been wrestling with lately is, you know, there are certain times in my life where you're thinking about, and you could call first half a life, second half a life conversation if you want to, like when you're thinking about, you know, what college you want to go to, what degree you want to get, what job you want to get, what promotion you want to get, or, or what's the next level and all those things. And so when I came back to Calvary, um, I knew Calvary, uh, enjoyed being in ministry here. So I came back and then wanted to get my degree. That was a, a goal of mine to get my master's. It just seems like those decisions seemed clear when you're going, when you feel like there's an upward tra- trajectory. Yeah. And then uh, for me, I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but there comes a point in life where, okay, if if that's not what the scorecard is or the value system is, how do you get clarity on making decisions? Because I've had well-meaning people say, you know, this sounds like a great opportunity. Um, and the way I would describe this decision was, is this not right or wrong, not good or bad. It's a choice. It was presented with a choice and we made a choice and we took this. Every place is going to be good and bad. Every place is going to have strengths and weaknesses. So it wasn't like, oh, this is right or wrong. This is the only thing I like. Does that, is this making sense? And so yeah. how do you how do you make decisions? And I put this to you as a genuine question and anyone mm-hmm. else. When you're not making decisions in the first half of life mm-hmm. and those things seem clear, but what do you do? Yeah. I just think the expectations for the first half of life seem clearer that you're going to take the next step toward whatever this, and it might not even be a written down or stated goal, but it's all of this sort of, you know, education, job, career advancement or family house, whatever, all of that seems like to the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, so now you're saying, how do you make decisions when you're not in that script anymore? That's a great way to uh, put it. And I think in a sense, we probably, that, that's really probably should just boil down to how should we make decisions? Because I'm not sure we can trust the script. In other words, letting the script stand in for our decisions probably isn't always a great idea. Yeah, It's just something everybody does. Uh, and when somebody, you know, seems like they're on this upward path and they take this other sideways move and you go, what are they thinking? Well, that was dumb. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't dumb. Because Uh, there's like an assumption that if it's not something bigger and better and whatever, bolder for anybody, then why would you do that? Right. That's right. Right. That's right. And I think that's, uh, but the, why should you do it is goes back to what does faithfulness look like? Where should I be planting? Where should I be watering? What should that look like? Um, I, I think in a sense that we almost need to get off the script of the first half of life of advancing. Hmm. And it's not just advancing, I think. It's advancing, but it's sort of like establishing myself. Like mm-hmm. I've made it. I'm this person. I've made it to this point. And, you know, I think some people never actually, we call it first half, second half, and then some people live their whole lives in the first half because they never they never get established in yeah. a sense of who they yeah. are. And so right. they're always fighting to hold on or to advance and they never actually relax and just be who they are. And that's when the second like, and what do I what is God calling me to do now that I've established this identity or this and there's a so there's a certain part of that where, you know, it's part of that is just being an adult. 
Okay, I yeah. need to live on my own. I need to have, you know, whatever. All this stuff about being, what does it mean to be an adult in our world? Uh, and at some point, maybe a spiritual adult is I'm, I'm no longer bound to the script. And, you know, I've, I've, whatever established looks like I feel comfortable in who I am. And now the question is, what should I really do? apart from the script. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that last segment that you said a, a lot of, okay, feels like I've been trying to put myself together like a sculpture or a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once I've become established, okay, like that, all that's necessary. It has to happen in life formation and ego formation, mm-hmm. so to speak. But then I think there's a deeper calling and there's a transition on people's lives. And it might happen when you're, late twenties, mid thirties, married, divorced. I don't know. I just think there's mm-hmm. another conversion, so to speak. And it's to a, to spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And then it feels something like now you're maybe even pulling some of that apart and, yeah. or, or yeah. God is inviting you to pick some of that sculpture, part of the puzzle, apart that you thought was so precious and you were propped up by it and all this right. stuff. Yeah. And I would argue and love to hear your thoughts. Don't you think often it's a, it's probably feels like a wilderness that takes us into those places. Like it feels backwards than what we've been doing. It feels opposite of what God had done in the past. Yeah. Probably something needs to get you to question the established comfort, security, equilibrium, whatever you'd call it of, okay, now I've gotten to this place you know, something probably has to happen for me to go, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe this is, maybe there's more to it than this. And maybe it's the threatening of this, where is this really what I'm devoting my life to? Or is this the basis for, you know, uh, I think we've, what we've gone, we've gone, uh, Tolkien and, uh, Carrie Potter and, uh, I'll go CS Lewis now. All right. The trifecta, the (laughs) Holy Trinity, uh, where I think he's talking about morality and he's like morality is a mountain that we can't really climb. Like we'll perish, you know, on the icy slopes, we'll run out of air. Uh, we can't really climb the mountain of morality uh, and be good. Uh, and so we need help to do that. But he said that the point though, isn't to be good. He says it's from there that we get our wings mm. and we begin to fly and the mm. real journey takes place. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of the, at some point you get to a point where now, now God's doing something. And if you're listening to him, he can do, you know, things that you wouldn't, it's not on the script. There's no script. There's yeah. no, yeah. Right. It's just whatever he's doing. Uh, and I think that's the, you know, so that's, I think you've been, you know, you know, you've been, uh, for a while now, I think in the second half where you're sort of trying to figure out what is God doing and this has now come up you know unexpectedly come out of the blue um and i think for for everyone who you know well this doesn't seem like an obvious advance why are you doing it it's a, mm-hmm. we probably should question does everything why does everything have to seem like an obvious yeah uh, advancement and maybe it's just something god's doing and am i to the point where i'm open to whatever god's doing even if it maybe it looks like a step down to some people uh whatever that is um you know, am I open to whatever that is if, if it's God's doing it? So, um, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think this is, it's times like these where you sort of revisit and reevaluate and, 
yeah, what was my equilibrium? Because we always find it, like, right? It doesn't, we, we, you know, you're in the second half of life and God's moving, but you're going to find it, you know, you'll find a different equilibrium in South Carolina. And, uh-huh. and there's nothing terribly wrong with that. It's just as long as you don't, you know, fall in love, <laughs> fall in love with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's right. I, I That's really, really, really right. I think maybe once you, so to speak, transition into start trying to live in the second half of life, you don't ever stop trying to, establish yourself or put your puzzle piece back together or try you just get quicker at noticing yourself doing it mm-hmm. right, right. you don't ever right. stop trying to protect yourself and mm-hmm. not be vulnerable and not be weak and fraught with sin mm-hmm. um you just get a little bit quicker at repenting maybe like okay that's i'm being silly you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and i need to catch myself and and, yeah. and mike i think for me too it it really and I, I'm, I tend to be more of a Calvin kind of guy, uh, but I think it also comes down to, in the end, God gives human beings incredible agency to choose and to say, I work in and through humans' choices. Mm-hmm. And you're free to choose and others are free to choose. And God sometimes you, people. yeah, sometimes you just don't know, like, oh, I, this is the most clear thing and we got to go forward. I think sometimes we just want certainty in that. Like, Oh God told me I'm supposed to do this. So that means everything is going to work out. Yeah, that's right. Um, right. Right. And I just think you're free to choose. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's Philippians God's at work in you to will and to work for his good purpose. And so he's at work in me to work for his good purpose, but also to uh, get me to want what that is, even if I don't want it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, so he changes my choosing, he's sovereign over my choosing and he, he changes my choosing, but it isn't some, you know, there's one secret pathway through the maze sort of thing yeah. where you, if you turn left, you know, you're going to die in the, in the dark corners of the maze. It doesn't work that way that God can work in all the choosings and redeem and bring out his good, you know, because he works in and through to bring about his good fruit at the end. Yeah, I think that's true. I think me and you probably are on the same page and we might be villainized for this, but it's, it's similar. Like, I just don't think there's one path that people get laid out for. And if they don't choose it, then they're going to, it's going to ruin the rest of their life. Like I've got to find my one spouse. And if I miss my, like, I just don't think that's how it works. Which college I go to spouse, you know, which the first job I take is everything isn't some moment at which, all of your future hinges that if you get it wrong, it's lost. And if you get yeah. it right, Oh, it's wonderful. That's, and I just, that's because, because he is sovereign. We don't have, we can get it wrong. What, what yeah. does even wrong even mean when you're talking yeah. about picking a house? Uh, but uh, so that's the same thing here where God can work in both places, but if he's calling you here, it's really not about right or wrong. It's about faithfulness and fruitfulness yeah. in his work. Uh, and he is, we can trust that he's going to be at work. Uh, yeah. And I like that. And then I think we're back to what you said. Okay. And then you're just being yourself, getting back to work. Like, yeah. okay. Right. Um, you're, you're back to watering and planting again, right. wherever you right. are, whatever you're doing. Right. Cause right. I know some people have lost their job through this. I just talked to somebody yesterday and it's really in there in Calvary. It's really hard for them. And, um, I think their work will start back up. Um, you know, and they they make it that same job, but um, yeah, watering and planting now, and then watering and yeah. planting then. Right, 
Yeah, and I think it's hard when you're when something a real loss like a real deep loss like that happens. It's hard in the moment to see it in perspective, and maybe it's asking too much really to just take a completely calm view. But um, it, I agree, it's probably too much in the moment. I don't fault people for yeah, right not in the moment. Right. Sure, yeah. it, you know, because all of us in the moment. Uh, but as long as we can have, that's part of what, you know, it's a life of faith because we can believe things are true, even when we don't feel like they're true in the moment. And that's partly what faith is. It's, it's a, yeah, I know God's still in control. It seems really out of control right now, but I know God's in control. Um, and so, um, well, I mean, this was sort of an unscripted, uh, more unscripted than normal, unplanned, uh, but great conversation. Um, yeah. I don't know if we uh, uh, we should probably close her down. Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, instead of trusting the internet any longer, we've had a couple <laughs> of glitches. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to send us off, Chad? Yeah, I just want to say thanks, and I'm I'm not gone yet, and we'll still do some more RTT. But um, since this this is my you know announcement, and mm-hmm. to you, I just want to say thanks, uh, obviously mm-hmm. to Mike and Jacob for their friendship. They're very special to me, and others on staff are very special. But for this podcast. Um, and thanks to the staff, thanks to the congregation. Um, you've you've been with me uh, when I was just a fresh, scrawny, prank playing person, mm-hmm. and uh, put up with me. And so, um, thanks for being on this journey together. And I don't think it ends. We keep journeying in our own ways, and our yeah. our paths continue to overlap. So, um, yeah, I'll send you off with trust in Him, and lean not on understanding. All right, love you, man. Yeah, love you too. Grace and peace. Rest in peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.